0: This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
1: It's our number two of the look ahead right here on VSN, the sports betting network. He's going with quite a bit of baseball in this hour, as we're going to be joined by Jason Weingarten. He does a great show with the podcast here at VSN, the Wide World of Weingarten. And what I love about Jason is that he does an absolutely tremendous job of taking a look at the futures market all throughout the season. He's going to wind up having. It's all setting down a lot of positions when it comes to the MVP market, Cy Young market, and also does a great job night in and night out. Taking a look at the baseball betting board, I know that he, much like myself, does a great job of taking a look at a lot of these overnight lines when it comes to Major League Baseball. He's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. We're going to have him on. I'm going to be giving out what I like with regards to the DK Nation pick here in this segment, and I'm trying to take a look at as many games as humanly possible for this Tuesday, both in this hour and also in the final hour as well. So how about if we wind up getting it going with what I like for Tuesday in regards to the article that I'm going to be writing up for TK Nation here at 919-920. We go to the American Lake, Toronto Blue Jays. They're going to be on the road facing off against the Chicago White Sox as Dylan Cease is going to get the start. And uh, Kevin Gosman, who's going to be going for Toronto, Toronto, Find themselves between about a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite and between plus 110 and plus 118 is what you're finding on the White Sox. And total is eight and a half. I'm seeing a stray nine here at Circa with the under used to right around a minus 120. Most places have an eight and a half. And where I'm looking with this one is the total. I set my total barely above seven. You take a look at Kevin Gosman and he's actually been one of the most unlucky pitchers in all of baseball this season. He's currently got a 3.21 ERA and a fielding independent of a 175. That fielding independent, that winds up leading all qualifying American League starters. So he has been able to do a great job there. And with Kevin Gosman, he's just been able to keep the ball in the yard. He's had great command in general as currently he's getting right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He has been giving up quite a few hits. That is the one thing that you do want to be cautious of opponents are hitting right around 275 off of them, but by that has been bad luck. It just is. Batting average on balls in play, it is much, much higher than you'd expect it to be. He's giving up 0.2 home runs per nine innings as he's allowed two bombs in 73 innings thus far this season. One and a half walks per nine innings, so he has been able to do a steady-eddy steady job now. He has given up at least three runs and now three out of his last four starts. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a bounce back though, because he's facing off against the Chicago White Sox team that while they have been able to plate at least four runs and now six out of their last nine games, they really struggle against right-handed pitching. As a matter of fact, against lefties, they hit above a 290. Against right-handed pitching, they are 22nd in the league in terms of their batting average with a 238. Good news for them is that the that Tim Anderson, who has been hitting well above a 300, in my opinion, has just been their most consistent bat for the last few seasons. He is going to be coming back, and guys like Jose Abreu and company may have been able to pick it up, but with the Chicago White Sox against right-handed pitching as well, they are 27th in the league in terms of home runs against it at 34, and, well, the Detroit Tigers are still in existence, so that's one team that they should be ahead of, and they are, but it certainly has been, Case in which they haven't been able to generate a whole lot of power, and then you got a Toronto Blue Jays bullpen that to say that they have not necessarily been too terrific will be polite but they have wanted of making some moves like Trevor Richards and Julian Merriweather guys that have been not so great for the seam. You're currently finding them currently out of the fold. Then for the Chicago White Sox they do have their bullpen ailments of their own as Liam Hendricks currently deal with an ailment and you do up seeing Kendall Grayman come out in that game today as well. So he might not be available for this one but with Dylan Cease, what he does a great job of, strikeouts. twelve. strikeouts per 9 innings that leads all qualified American League starters and this is one of the most strange things I've ever seen. Dylan Cease has allowed a grand total of 10 runs in his last 4 starts. None of them have been earned. That is really really bad luck from your fielding. There were quite a few innings in which he should have been out of and when you wind up having to as a pitcher get 4 or 5 outs in an inning typically bad things wind up happening and you start by his fielding and we're going to call it what it is. The role that I say you wind up playing with regards to the under in this game is, for one, I laid it out with the bullpen, and two, that Chicago White Sox defense is a little league defense. It's not good. It's not good at all. So that is something that always does need to be noted. But I don't has not allowed an earned run in any out of his last four starts, and by and large, has been able to do a solid job. He's got a 2.93 ERA. Two earned runs or fewer given up in 10 out of his 13 starts. So he's been pretty consistent with that regard as well, walks are an issue for him. He is giving up a right on four and a half-ish walks per nine innings, but still, those strikeout numbers, they are very supreme, and you've got a Toronto Blue Jays team that they've been a little bit up and down with regards to their offense. They've really been able to find it recently, even in the loss that they wound up taking on Monday. They still were able to get to seven in that spot, so that was relatively solid for them, but it's certainly different than having Jose Barrios along with Lance Lynn out there on the mound, and yet we're finding the total darn near the same as you wind up seeing a opening total in that game of an 8.5 open up overnight with regards to Burrios and Lynn at an 8.5. It was bet up to a 9, and right now we're seeing a couple 9s start to circulate, including one here at Circa. So I do think that this is a case in which we've gone a little bit too extreme. I think that Kevin Gosman is going to do a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, and I do think that and are going to have really both of these guys come out, lend a very good start, so the DK Nation pick is going to be on the under, and with Kevin Gosman Positive progression, I think, is certainly in his future with the way that he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. It has not been allowing walks. I did wind up saying the Blue Jays were on a minus-135 favorite. So, with regards to the money line, I'm looking at the Blue Jays, and what I'm going to be doing my write-up of is the under in this spot. Fortunately, I really can't give you anything on Yankees versus the Tampa Bay Rays right now. Rays have yet to decide on a starter. Like I said, it looks like it's going to be a bullpen game with Josh Fleming probably eating some bulk innings, but... With that said, we just don't know right now. There are no numbers up there, so I could speculate as to what this line is going to be, but I mean, if we don't wind up getting Josh Fleming in a bullpen game, then I will just shot hot air into this microphone, so you don't necessarily want that, but this is one in which, when it was taken off the board, the Milwaukee Brewers were finding themselves in a lot of places right around a minus 120. Now that we've seen it relisted here at Circa, it's very fascinating in that the Brewers themselves a plus 137, so we've seen essentially a 55-cent line move with regards to this pitching change as it's 909-910 on the bang board. The St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to be on the road facing up against the Milwaukee Brewers. It was supposed to be Aaron Ashby going for the Milwaukee Brewers. In the afternoon, he wound up getting placed on the injured list, and now it's going to be Chichi Gonzalez who winds up getting the start. And yeah, if you're wondering, Chichi Gonzalez, not terrific. And Captain Jack Flaherty is going to be going for the St. Louis Cardinals, and I disagree a little bit with how stark of a move this is. Do I think that there should have been movement? Yes, because when it was Jack Flaherty against Aaron Ashby, I did wind up saying the Brewers right around about a minus 135-ish, give or take a little bit. So, I mean, at that minus 120 price that we wound up seeing earlier, I liked Aaron Ashby and company. I relisted this with the St. Louis Cardinals myself at right around a minus 108. So, I thought that there should have been about a 40 to a 45-ish cent difference when it came to the Brewers versus Cardinals game with Chichi Gonzalez going out there inside of Aaron Ashby, I think that we've went too far here because if you had the Brewers at minus 120 before, now you're finding them at a plus 137. That's north of a 55-cent line move. And while Chi-Chi Gonzalez is not good, he is not good at all. He gives you five and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Throughout his career, he's given up more than three walks per nine innings while he wound up making his two starts for the Minnesota Twins. The Twins actually went one and one, but... One of those games was because I think that he was going up against the Blue Jays. And I think that Jose Barrios was on the mound and Jose Barrios just wound up having one of his Jose Barrios starts in which he wound up being absolutely terrible. So there was that going on, but it's been a case in which Chichi Gonzalez has not been great, but he's probably not going to be filling a full five innings in this game. If you're looking at a first five in this spot, don't think that Chichi Gonzalez is pitching all five of those innings. Trust me. He is not going to last that long. It looks like the Brewers are probably going to be sending up Josh Limbloom to the major leagues. He'll probably wind up eating some bulk innings. And then from there, you're going to get the poo-poo platter of guys like Miguel Sanchez. With Devin Williams, Josh Hader pitching yesterday. They're probably going to be pitching in back-to-back games if they wind up having a lead. It's going to be all hands on deck for the Milwaukee Brewers. And it's a Brewers team that the bullpen hasn't been lights out spectacular. They haven't been necessarily absolutely terrible. They're ninth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA eight at 349. And that's pretty much what this is. Chichi Gonzalez, as I like to call it, he's going to be your opener de juror in this spot. So you got to figure that he's going to wind up giving up his couple runs and then he's going to make way for everyone else. And with the Milwaukee Brewers, all of a sudden it's been an offense that has been able to kick things up a little bit. They want to being able to bust out against the Cincinnati Reds. They're averaging, by the way, right around eight runs per game against the Reds and against everyone else. It's not necessarily been going so great, but you do have a tree of guys Rowdy Telez, William are throwing their Hunter Renfro that'll be able to give you a double digit amount of formers. And they don't necessarily have that one guy that has been able to bust out and has had a great just consistency by any stretch of the imagination. As right now, your top guy that wound up leaving Monday's game in terms of batting average that'd be Omar Narvaez at a 258. But I mean, up and down the board, you've got guys that are hitting right around like a 235 to that high mark of 258 with Omar Narvaez, like Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, Rowdy Tellez. Christian Yelich, Jace Peterson, all these guys hitting in that pocket of about 235 to about a 250. So I mean, up and down, you don't necessarily have those complete and utter slugs, but you don't have that one guy that's been able to bust out. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, the offense has been there for the scene. Paul Goldschmidt sitting a 340. He deserves some credit for NL MVP at this point. Dylan Carlson has been able to get on base. Juan Yepez has been hitting at 285. Tommy Edmond has been hitting in the pocket of a 280. So list goes on and on. But when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals... Some of the older guys with regards to bullpen, they have not been great. And with Jack Flaherty, his first start of the year, he went three innings and he gave up two runs. He wound up only pitching right around seven and two thirds innings out there at the minor league level in his rehab appearances too. And he was banged up for much of last year as well. So what sort of Jack Flaherty are we going to be getting? We really don't know. And throughout his career, Jack Flaherty has north of a four ERA against the Milwaukee Brewers. It has really been the bugaboo team for him. So. I had to downgrade Jack Flaherty as compared to if it would be a team like the Chicago Cubs, if it would be just even just your mundane team as well. So, I mean, if we're getting north of a plus 130 year with the Milwaukee Brewers, sign me up for that. And I did wind up saying my total. More around about a 9.2 ish year. So I'm seeing a nine here at Circa. I'd be looking at that over as well. And we're going to take a look at some more baseball on the other side. You got Jason Weingarten coming up. He does a great job with the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. You're able to find that. Wherever you find your podcast, we're going to be ch- chatting with him a little bit about the features market and a little bit about Tuesday Slate right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network.
0: v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Draft like no other and wine like no other. Play for free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare, Dare to Play Unrivaled Sports Series. Enter into five free contests to take your shot at a total of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com Mayomi. Now to be able to join in on the action. Mayomi, flavor forward 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details, and as always, drink responsibly, as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined by our guest. Jason Weingarten does a great job here at the network with his own podcast, The Wide World of Weingarten, which you're able to catch wherever you find your podcast. You're able to follow him on Twitter, at PD and Jason, just one of the best minds out there for Major League Baseball, and Jason, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. How's it going?
1: It's going great, and I know that it's going great for you as well because I know that you wound up diving into, over the last week or so, the National League Rookie of the Year market. And take me through what wound up going through your mind when you wound up firing on O'Neill Cruz and just how that's working out right now because night number one, pretty darn good.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously it's just one evening, but uh, the the early returns on O'Neill Cruz were, were spectacular night and uh head turning i don't even know what adjectives to y- use but um it really just did it, it's a head scratcher why it took this long for the pirates to call him up
1: yep i'm right there with you because i mean what there were just so many of us on social media like okay what in the world why is o'neil cruz not on this opening day roster Why has he not been called up yet? Why has he not been called up yet? And then he makes his debut against the Chicago Cubs on Monday for RBI. So that was relatively solid for a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they probably needed a little bit of a bat in there because they don't necessarily have a lot whatsoever. And I know that you want to take a little bit of a shot on Michael Harris as well. He's been doing a very solid job. I actually wound up skipping, if I remember correctly, Triple A with the Atlanta Braves. What sort of odds did you wind up getting on him? Because I thought that this was a little bit of a curious one, and thus far he's been able to deliver as well.
2: I have seventy-five to one oh, on nice. uh, Harris, so I'm uh, I'm happy for him as well. He, uh, he had a was a home run yesterday, so uh, home run plus defense for Harris. He's the youngest player in MLB this year um a lot a lot to like there too like i've been saying all week or i've been saying the last couple days now the uh the rookie of the year race really started today with Cruz coming up and cj abrams getting called back up um we're really seeing the the race really start to pop off now
1: yeah but i do think that this is going to be a really intriguing race because we just wound up going through the two guys that you wanted firing it on. I think that you'd be in agreement that a lot of the guys that have come up for the St. Louis Cardinals, like a Nolan Gorman who has tailed off a little bit, Juan Yapez guys like this, they have been really able to do a solid job. And I think that there's going to be a lot of good numbers out there because it's not like there's one clear runaway favorite right now with regards to rookie of the year. And there's a lot of guys that in general, I think that they could wind up playing their way into this race.
2: Definitely. They're uh... There are multiple candidates right now that you could make really good arguments for. So uh, if, if there's a guy you like and you can go shop for the best number, um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different variation out there between the books.
1: Yep, there certainly is. And when it comes to being able to take a look at a futures market like this, just how crucial is it to wind up having so many books to be able to take a look at? Because I know that there are just a lot of books in general that they don't wind up having a lot of like daily offerings on things like NL Rookie of the Year, things like this. So I think that is just critical in general. If you're looking to fire in on the futures market to have as many outlets available for you as possible because you have no idea when these things are going to be relisted because oftentimes when you're mid-game, you're going to find a lot of these books wind up having these off the board and then they wind up relisting them in the morning and things like this. And I just think that's absolutely crucial that you have as many outs as humanly possible, especially with being able to shop the line as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, having more options available is really one of the keys to success when betting betting lots of futures. You have to be able to go out there and find uh, the, the value. And there's often times where, a guy might be, you know, ten to one or fifteen to one at one book, and he's fifty to one or sixty to one at another book for the same award. So, um, you know, you always have to look and, and look for the best prices.
1: Yeah, you put down a hundred dollars on a twelve to one bet; it doesn't pay the same as a fifty to one bet. That is absolutely for sure. So, I think that that's interesting to take a look at it. That rookie of the year race, both in the National League and I think the American League, is going to be really, really fun to take a look at as Julio Rodriguez. It was looking like he was starting to break away a little bit in the American League, but I think that things are starting to come back to the pack a little bit more, and do you think that perhaps the lack of success that the Seattle Mariners might have might wind up dropping his numbers down a little bit more because on a really relatively rough run for them recently?
2: Um, it's not helping. You know, never uh, when your team's losing frequently does it, it help an awards vote, but uh, Julio is playing well enough that he can, go and he can overcome the Mariners' poor, poor record. It's just a question of if anybody else is going to put up much of a challenge against him rest of the season.
1: Yep, I think that that is going to be one that I think it's probably not going to be as close as a National League race, but I could certainly see a couple other contenders being able to rise up there. And when it comes to the Tuesday MOB board, I think that it is a relatively interesting one. I know that you, much like myself, are someone that you'd love to be able to take a look at a lot of these overnight numbers. And is there any games that just initially wound up catching your eye, whether you wanted to wait on a little bit of a move or you wanted to take it right away?
2: Um, you mentioned the Mariners. I think, I think I bet, uh, I bet on the Mariners game already. Um, I have to look, tell you, I can't tell you who they're playing off top. Uh, they're that, playing the A's. Off my head, but the A's. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, I actually laid, I laid the, the, Whatever the 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 short price was with the Mariners overnight, I know it's. I I, I have a feeling that's going to go up. Um, So that that was one of my early bets. Uh, The other one I like I like the Dodgers tomorrow. I think that line. uh, Tony Gonsolin still still not getting the respect that that he he deserves. I want to say it's just that every. Every game I'm seeing Gonsolin come out and he he should either be priced higher or the total should be lower.
1: Yeah, but I think that it's interesting with Tony Gonsolin as well because I think that we'd be in agreement with regards to National League Cy Young. Probably Joe Musgrove, Sandy Alcantara, one, two. I personally have Musgrove, number one. I've got Alcantara, number two. But Tony Gonsolin is pitched to the way that he should be in the top five, in my opinion, right now. He really has been undervalued because He obviously doesn't wind up getting the same respect in the betting market as Clayton Kershaw, who I feel like has been getting overpriced. That's a discussion for another day. But Walker Buehler, who's currently on the injured list, guys like this. When Tony Gonsolin is out there, I feel like there's actually good value on the LA Dodgers. And then when you wind up seeing guys like Kershaw and company, there just isn't a lot. So the only way I could really take a lot of Dodgers run line prices and money line prices in general when they wind up playing against better competition is typically when Gonsolin has been on the mound.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Gonsolin fan, so I uh, I like hearing that.
1: <laughs> it's been really interesting to take a look at him thus far this season. And then one that I wound up liking, I don't know what your thoughts are on this one, but we've got Kevin Gosman who's going to be on the mound for the Blue Jays and Dylan Cease going to be going for the White Sox. I did a write-up just liking the under in this spot. I've seen the total line of going to nine here at Circa. Most other books, they're currently offering in an eight and a half. I'm not sure if you've got any thoughts with regards to this total, but this is one that I took a look at it with Kevin Gosman. He's been getting relatively unlucky with regards to his ERA in comparison to his fielding independent. And then with Dylan Cease, he's just a strikeout machine. I like this one under. I'm not sure if you've got any sort of a take on it, but I thought that that was one that really stood out to me.
2: I did not bet that under overnight, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's nine. It uh, wouldn't surprise me seeing it go to 8.5, but uh, it did score with like 15 runs in the game tonight. So, uh, you know, that, that there might be a little, the, the total might be a little inflated tomorrow.
1: Yep, I do think that we could be taking a look at that as well. And then is there anything else that you want to firing on, in upon overnight? Or is there anything else that you're maybe t- trying to take a look to see if there's going to be a little bit of overnight line movement that you might wind up taking in the A.M.?
2: Uh, I'm still looking. I haven't, uh, I haven't really, uh, zeroed in on anything else yet. I'm just, uh, just going through all the baseball stuff myself still.
1: Yep. And then there were quite a few games that were just completely off the board as well until very recently here at Circa. Things like Braves versus San Francisco Giants, Cardinals versus Brewers. Even if you take a look for the American League, the Yankees and the Rays, I'm not seeing that anywhere whatsoever. So that winds up throwing a little bit of a wrench into things. But with that said, Jason, I know that you do a great job taking a look at the game of baseball. I know that you've got a lot of different different positions, a lot of different futures, and it's always great to be able to get you on the show, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me. Always fun to talk to you.
1: And Jason Osi podcasts the Wide World of Wine Garden. You're able to catch that wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. And to this point, I do think that the Rookie of the Year race is going to be very good to take a look at moving forward. And when it comes to being able to fire in on those futures, whether it be American League Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, list goes on and on. The more outlets that you have available, the more outs that you wind up having, it is just so important because being able to get a 10-to-1 instead of a 20-to-1, you know what? That's a big difference. So Coming up next, we're going to take a look at more games that we've got for Major League Baseball on Tuesday, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports
2: Betting Network.
1: We are back here on the look ahead with myself, Greg Eves Pearson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. Big thanks to Jason Weingarten, does a great job with the podcast, The Wide World of Weingarten. You're able to catch that wherever you find this fine podcast. And big thanks to Jason Kahn for being able to book a tremendous guest list for us. He always does a great job whenever I am filling in for Scott. So a big thanks to him for everything that he winds up doing and everyone behind the scenes. They do amazing work. You've got Andrew, our technical director, keeping things all nice, clean, and all the graphics that you wind up seeing. He does a lot of that all over He is our man that posts up all the hours that we wind up doing for all of our shows. So, not just this show, the look at, but whether you like the Lombardi line, a numbers game list goes on and on. We post up every single hour that we wind up doing. VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, go to the VSIN Best Bets feed. We've got all that for you available. So, if you miss anything, you got you covered there in the tailor. He always gets me set up on audio. So that way I'm always sounding nice, neat, and clean. So all these gentlemen, they do amazing work behind the scenes. So hopefully I can pay it back by being able to hit a few winners because these guys, they're the best in the business and they deserve someone that winds up being able to do a little bit with regards to that. And hey, if it uh, seven out of my last, or six out of my last seven, I should say, with regards to the DK Nation pick, so we'll try to be able to keep that going when it comes to Tuesdays. I wound up running through that a little bit earlier. I'll be refreshing that in the final hour, but how about if we take a look at a few other games that we've got on the MLB betting board for Tuesdays. We go nine hundred three and 3 The Colorado Rockies, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Miami Marlins, as you've got Daniel Castano is going to be going for Miami, and Ryan Feltner, he is going to be on the bump for Colorado, and Colorado's finding themselves a little bit of an underdog. You're finding them anywhere between plus 105 and plus 117. And then when it comes to the Miami Marlins, you're going to be finding them between about a minus 125 to a minus 127 with a lot of places posting up an 8.5 on the total, which is relatively high for Miami because Miami, one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in baseball. But you take a look at the way that Daniel Cassano wanted coming out Six and a third inning scoreless in his first start of the season now. He's had a couple of cup, of, cup of coffees out there at the big league level. has been a little bit up and down. Not a guy that you're going to be looking to and thinking that he's going to be getting like 15 strikeouts in this game or anything like that. He is not a high strikeout guy by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, between his starts and relief appearances, five punchouts in 10 and two-thirds innings thus far this season, but has always been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. And, On top of that, you take a look at what he's able to get from the bullpen. You're going to need him to because the bullpen has been a little bit rough when it comes to this Miami Merlins team. They're in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. Fortunately, misery loves company as the Colorado Rockies. They are, I believe, now 29th out of 30 teams in terms of bullpen ERA. That has been pretty unsightly, but you take a look at Cassano. At the minor league level this season, he was posting up right around about a 4.8-ish ERA. He was given up the deep ball a little bit too much, but he is now pitching out there in Miami, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and take a look at what he wound up doing in his starts last season. Wasn't anything great, wasn't anything terrible, right around a 4.8-ish ERA, gave up 1.3 home runs per nine innings, a lot of those wanted coming on the road, and then when it comes to the flip side for Mr. Feltner, he's been able to do a great job, getting right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings. The big thing for him is that he does wind up allowing just a little bit too much hard contact in general, so if he does wind up getting it, he winds up going for a ride throughout his career, 1.9 home runs per nine innings, and that is why he's currently got a 6 ERA, and he's one of those guys that just has a little bit of a tough time pitching out there at Coors Field as whenever he's been on the road, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job than he has been able to at home. So I do think that that's going to be a little bit beneficial for him. And when it comes to Colorado Rockies, this is a team that year in and year out, they've got some of the biggest home and road splits out there in baseball. They've got one of the biggest differentials between home record and and road record, and we're seeing that thus far this season. Now, it's not as demonstrative as it has been in past years. There are some years in which the Colorado Rockies hit over 50 points better at home than they do on the road. It's not been quite that. It's been more around 35-ish points, but that's still something. Like, for instance, CJ Crone He's been able to hit 16 home runs this season. 12 of them have wound up coming at home, 4 have wound up coming on the road, and when he's at home, he's got an on base percentage that's north of a 400. He's hitting about a 340. On the road, he's barely hitting above the Mendoza line of 200. And the big thing for the Colorado Rockies has really been those power numbers as well, because laid out the fact that the batting average home to road, not necessarily the world's biggest disparity, they are dead last in the big leagues with regards to home runs on the road with 0. 0.52. That is less than the Detroit Tigers, and the Detroit Tigers not been able to generate anything whatsoever. Meanwhile, their 1.25 home runs at home, that is tied for sixth in the big league. So that is a big giant thing that you want to be taking a look at. So that has really been hurting them a little bit. And then you do take a look at the Miami Marlins, and they did wind up having to p- place Jesus Sanchez along with Jesus Aguiar. So the two Jesuses are currently on the injured list for this team, but you have been able to get a little bit of power out of Ori Solaire. He's been able to give you 12 home runs, but he you're able to throw in there. And, Miguel Rojas, Jacob Stallings, quite a few of these Star Bats of ECU Garcia. He's another one hitting a 230 or lower for the team. Now, someone like Garrett Cooper has been able to get on base for the team. He's hitting above a 300. but we wound up seeing it with the Miami Marlins in that series against the New York Mets. And the Mets they've been absolutely tremendous. If you're taking a look at them in the futures market right now, you're finding them as right around about a three-ish dollar favorite, depending upon your book to be able to win the National League East. And I actually think that's very justified. A lot Of people are waiting for the bottom DBL followed on the Miami on the New York Mets, but I mean, man, that is a bunch of which they needed a bit of a manager and they needed to get rid of Brody Van Wagenen. They are now without Brody Van Wagenen, which eh, by default winds up being able to help them out quite a bit. And Buckshow Walter has really been able to do a nice job with this team. But you take a look at this Miami Merlins bunch, they do think that they have enough offense. To be able to get it done, I felt like they should be more like a minus 143 favorite with the way that the Colorado Rockies just have such demonstrative home and road splits. And if you're finding an 8 8.5, I think that it's went a little bit too far. Cassano has typically been a guy that at the big league level has been able to keep the ball in the yard. Pitching out there in Miami helps him out. And Ryan Feltner has been a little bit better on the road as well. At an 8, I think that you've got relatively good reason for an over if we're seeing the 8 and a half. like I'm seeing now in a lot of places, I do like this total under, and I was mentioning the futures market with regards to the National League East. Right now DraftKings, you're actually finding the best. We're on a minus 245 Braves. They're currently at a plus 260 and the Phillies. They're 11 to 1. I do think that this is interesting because I talked a little bit earlier about the Brewers versus the Cardinals game that is going to be coming up for Tuesday. A lot of you guys, you're not going to be having numbers until the a.m. Most likely 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. Eastern, but I find this to be interesting and you are able to fire on this. Currently at DraftKings, you've got odds to be able to win the National League Central. If you're looking at the Cubs, Reds, or Pittsburgh Pirates, please, instead of taking that money and firing on them, give it to some sort of a local charity or local food bank, something like that. They could really use it rather than the sports book because the Cubs are not winning the National League Central. I like Oniel Cruz. He is not going to be able to, if the Pirates to be able to win the division, and I love Sean King, but right now the Cincinnati Reds they're not going to be able to win the National League Central as well, especially after getting swept by the Milwaukee Brewers. I am—I apologize to inform you of this, but as that could be happening, but Brewers are currently finding themselves at a minus 225 and the Cardinals a plus 145. And I find this to be very curious because if you guys listen to the podcast I wind up doing, the baseball betting show, I wound up having Matt Pauley on the show last week. He does Milwaukee Brewers pre and post-gamos for their official flagship station, 620 WTMJ. And what he told me I thought was very interesting in that it's been a Milwaukee Brewers team that they've been dealing with all sorts of ailments with regards to their starting pitchers to start with. You now have Aaron Ashby on the injured list. He was supposed to make the start on Tuesday. So what you're to blame for not being able to fire in on this Cardinals versus Brewers game right now is that Aaron Ashby, who is a projected starter, he lands on the injured list and said you wind up getting Chichi Gonzalez, who's an absolutely terrible starter. But with that said, with the Milwaukee Brewers, currently they're finding themselves at a clip of 39-30, and but they've burnt up a lot of their games that they wound up playing with the Cincinnati Reds. I think that they've already played them 10 times this season and currently, despite the fact that they have played the Cincinnati Reds and a lot of the other dregs of the National League, much more than the St. Louis Cardinals, they're only one game up despite the soft schedule and with the St. Louis Cardinals, now that the Brewers are dealing with these injuries and Freddie Peralta, a guy that's currently on the injured list, the Brewers are thinking that he's probably not going to be returning until August you're right now dealing with Brandon Woodruff, who was terrible when he was out there this year, by the way. He has not been having feeling in a lot of his like fingers. That, that's not great right there. And you got a Milwaukee Brewers team that everyone in the starting lineup for the team that wound up seeing it at bat, hitting a, a two fifty eight or lower. They're, they're right now the two twenty five favorite with regards to the National League Central because they've got a one-game lead. And right now both of these teams have 90-plus games to play. I would be looking at the St. Louis Cardinals here at a plus 145. I would say shop around as well. If you're able to find North of a plus 150, that certainly is good value. But take a look at the St. Louis Cardinals and the way that they've been able to utilize their young guys like a Juan and Nolan Gorman have come up for the big leagues. They are guys are going to be towards the top of the National League rookie of the year race. You've also got yourself a little bit of an interesting rotation in which Andre Palanti is someone that they've been able to find sort of out of the rough as well. I do think that this is a St. Louis Cardinals team that if you're looking for a little bit of a plus money team that you're taking a look at with regards to futures market, maybe a team that I'd be willing to take a shot on. I wanted to give just a little bit there because we don't have too much to be able to go off of with regards to Brewers versus Cardinals for Tuesday, but you do have the futures market. And with regards to that, you've got some money to be made on the St. Louis Cardinals, in my opinion, a team that they always find themselves towards the top of the division. And coming up next, we've got... More games on the MLB betting board for Tuesday to be able to dive into, so we'll be able to try to unearth some value there next, right here on the Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Look Ahead on VCN,
0: the Sports. If you dare, Sports Betting Network.
1: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, well, have no fear because we've got you guys covered with the Bet Rivers CityCast. It is a series designed to be able to tackle sports betting. From a local perspective, there are CityCast for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and we've got a lot to be able to take a look at with regards to the board for Tuesday in Major League Baseball. All 15 teams are going to be in action, so we've got a lot to be able to dive into and we wind up taking a look at a few nationally games in the last segment. How about if we wind up turning to the American League? And I know that the gentleman that wanted to join me a little bit earlier this hour, in Jason Weingarten, he has fired in on this one. And I do think that it's an intriguing spot as we wind up going 923, 924. The Seattle Mariners, they're going to be on the road facing off against the Oakland A's as James Caprillion is going to be going for the A's and Marco Gonzalez is going to be on the bump. For Seattle, Seattle's anywhere between a minus 136, to a minus 145 favorite, and when it comes to Oakland, you're going to be getting them between plus 125 and plus 130, and this is a total that has moved quite a bit. This wound up opening up at a 7 with Juice on the over. Now we're finding it in a lot of spots closer to a a 7.5, so very curious to take a look at this one and... When it comes to it, I do think that the correct move has been made with regards to this total, as I personally wound up setting my total a little bit north of an 8. So I do take a look at this total, and I do think that it warrants an over. Now, the one thing that you've got to keep in mind with regards to the Seattle Mariners is that this has been a bunch that has really been not able to get much generated recently. This has been a bunch that they have scored one run or fewer, and I believe now four out of their last five games, they wound up getting shut out. Three times in their last homestand. Actually, four times in their last home stand. So that is something that is a little bit of an issue for the team. But if you take a look at the pieces of the team, you still have Eugenio Suarez who has been able to do a solid job being able to go deep 12 times for the team. On top of that, you've got Julio Rodriguez. He right now is looking like the Rookie of the Year contender out there for the Seattle Mariners. He's been either number one or number two all season long when it comes to and bases in the American League as well. On top of that, Ty Francis been it well, well above a 3 The big thing for the Seattle Mariners has been this has not necessarily been the same bullpen that it was a season ago. A big reason why they were able to win 90 games despite nearly a negative 50 run differential is that every single one-run game wound up going their way because they wound up having the slights-out bullpen. And thus far this season, it's been a Seattle Mariners team, in which they're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. One of the guys that wound up being so instrumental in them being able to make that run last season—that'd be Drew Second Rider. He was so bad this season that he wound up getting DFA'd. That uh, was not terrific for them. And then you take a look at more of some of the, shall we say, other guys that you wind up having for the team. And it's been very hot and cold for them as well. You've got Eric Swanson now back at the full team. Paul Seawald have been relatively trustworthy, but Andres Munoz has north of a four ERA for the team just have not been able to get anything whatsoever out of Diego Casio as well. So that has been a big-time issue for the team. And then you take a look at the flip side for the Oakland A's, and this has legitimately been the worst team out there in the big leagues thus far this season. Actually started off halfway decent, and a lot of that was because of the bullpen. You wind up having Danny Jimenez wind up getting off to a nice start. Domingo Acevedo at no point was necessarily, like, supremely terrific or anything like that, but he was able to come in, he was able to hold down the fort, he's got north of a 4 ERA. Lou Trevino has been awful for this bunch and then you just take a look at this Oakland's lineup. Among guys with at least 20 at bats, they have zero guys hitting above a 250. That is not a misprint, that is not a misspeak. They don't have a single guy with at least 20 at bats hitting at least a 250 right now. That is just incredibly sad. You've been able to get a little bit of power out of Seth Brown recently. That has been solid and they are going to be going up against a guy that just winds up giving up the deep ball, Marco Gonzalez. He's given up more than two home runs per nine innings. It's been a no good, really bad, terrible year for him. And on top of that, with Marco Gonzalez, he is issuing three and a half walks per nine innings. The big thing for Marco Gonzalez the last few seasons was that he was always doing a solid job with regards to command, not giving up a lot of walks, and thus far this season, that certainly has not been the case for him. But with that said, I do think that you're going to be able to see the Seattle Mariners be able to do a little bit of a better job here. And I think that taking a look at the line movement is going to be very critical because with regards to the money line, I wound up setting the Seattle Manors more around a minus 132, which means I would need at least a plus 132 with regards to the Oakland A's. And as it stands right now, it sort of is in a little bit of no man's land. But if you do take a look at the run line as well, you're able to get some relatively solid value here, in my opinion, with regards to it. As right now, if you're looking at a run line price, you're going to be able to get right around about a minus 135-ish to a minus 140-ish when it comes to this spot. And I do think that that is something to take a look at because you are having yourself a Oakland A's team that their pitching has not necessarily been too terrible aside from really one of the guys that's going in this one, James Caprilli, he's been posting up north of a 5 ERA. Certainly has been a little bit of a slog for him thus far this season, but by and large, has been able to do a solid job being able to just be a limit walks in general, strikeout numbers, they have not necessarily been there for him, but I do think that we're going to see them be able to tick up a little bit with that regard, but I do think that it is a case in which we are going to be seeing a few more runs out of the Oakland A's. I think that the bullpen really failing both of these teams is something to be able to watch out for as well, so I do like this total over, but with that said, I would probably be looking at some sort of a run line, whether it be laying a run and a half with the Seattle Mariners if you're able to get a nice plus price, or being able to take a run and half with the Oakland A's and potentially a relatively close game because they are going to be able to have their ninth inning ups if they're down by a count of like four to two going into the ninth inning. You are maybe able to get that garbage time run that you're able to cover it there, and you'd probably want to be taking a little bit of a run line with regards to the. Seattle Mariners, or with regards to the Oakland A's as well, just because it has been a team that they've been playing a lot of low scoring games, but they currently have the worst win percentage out there in the big leagues, which means that, well, they have not necessarily been able to cash on the money line for you. So that's something to take a look at, in my opinion. And something else to take a look at is this interleague game, because you've got Kyle Gibson, who's going to be going to the great set of Texas for the first time since he wanted being dealt at the trade deadline last season. This is 927. Nine twenty eight on the betting board. We've got the Philadelphia Phillies. They are going to be on the road facing off against the Texas Rangers as Martin Paris is going to be going for Texas. And you've got Kyle Gibson, who's going to be on the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. And with the Phillies, you're going to be finding them anywhere between even money and plus 108. And when it comes to the flip side for this Philadelphia Phillies team, you're going to be finding them. Anywhere between, or when it comes to the Texas Rangers, I should say, finding them anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 with a total anywhere between eight and eight and a half. And when it comes to Martin Perez, in nine out of his last 10 starts, he has allowed two runs or fewer. He has been able to do a amazing job for the team. And the big reason why we've seen Martin Perez really be able to pick it up is that throughout his career in Boston, he was giving up right around three and a half walks per nine innings. He's now giving up right around two walks. Nine. So he has been able to do a significantly better job of being able to keep those walks numbers down, be able to deliver some good command, deliver some good innings. And then you do take a look at the flip side for Kyle Gibson. He has just struggled whenever he's been on the road, right around a 2.8-ish ERA at home. Meanwhile, on the road, it raises by just below three points. But I do think that this sort of weird circumstance could be able to help him out because Kyle Gibson, as I mentioned last season, he was actually pitching with the Texas Rangers and coming back to the state of Texas, he's a little bit more familiar with the ballpark, and that's so always been big with them throughout his career. So, if you take a look at that big discrepancy between home and road, and I do think that it winds up narrowing just a little bit. And as a result, I did wind up saying my total more around at 7.9, so getting even the eight that I'm seeing, I'd like it under. We're mostly seeing eight and a half, so I do like that as well. And with Texas, just haven't been able to get the boom for your buck. That you were expecting out of some of these guys, like a Corey Seager along with Marcus Simeon. Both of these guys are in between about a 225 to a 230, though I will give a little bit of love to Adelise Garcia. He's been able to hit 13 home runs, hitting at 250 for the season, but in the last 30 days, he's been able to hit right around 300. But on top of that, the reason why I do feel like Texas should be able to get the job done in this spot, and I do think that the line might be moving a little bit too much because it was actually Philadelphia that wound up being the Slight favorite one that's wound up opening up, but with Texas, you do have a bullpen that has been very solid for this team. As you've got someone like Brock Burke, who's been posting up a sub-2 ERA. Been able to get some good innings out of Joe Barlow's, Dennis Santana. He's also posting up a sub-2 ERA for the Philadelphia Phillies. Jock, shock, surprise, surprise. But a pretty average bullpen for them, and actually pretty average is somewhat good because you've got Brad Ann and Corey Canable. but a lot of these guys have been sort of doing longer relief for this team. They've been having a relatively rough COVID. I will say Connor Brogdon has been able to do a relatively solid job out there in the bullpen, but I have no faith whatsoever in someone like an Jose Alvarado, Tristich Familia, has come up small in some big spots, but do take a look at the Phillies as well. You've got a pair of guys, Bryce Harper, along with Kyle Schwarber, who have combined for 33 home runs ever since you wound up seeing the managerial firing as well. This is a Phillies team that I think that they've lost like three games out of their last 15. They have been white hot ever since you wound up seeing the Change in the regime. I do feel like the Rangers should be a favorite. Felt much better about them though when this was more like a minus 105. I'll be gauging late night line movement here because if we wind up getting north of a plus 105, I do think that you wind up starting to have some value with the Philadelphia Phillies. And when it comes to the total, seeing it at an A and a half, I do like this total under as well. And in the final hour of the look at, we're going to be taking a look at some NBA draft props. And on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at what we've got out there on the diamond for Tuesday right here on Beason, the Sports Betting Network.